When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. From the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I am your host, Tim McKernan, along Iggy, the great producer of this award-winning presentation. And Iggy's first guest booking led to a sode that I imagine will be getting talked about because this is just, this is like instant entertainment with Rich Gould. It's instant offense. It's instant entertainment. Uh, Rich Gould, uh, many of you know him as the sports director at KPLR TV Channel 11. I think it goes back, as we talked about, to 87. Might be 86, 87. Uh, he also has hosted radio shows over the course of his time in St. Louis. He makes it clear how much he dislikes radio in St. Louis over the course of this podcast. And then I interned for him in 1997. Uh, and we certainly talk about that as well. Uh, it's it's just, Rich is just, he is one of the funniest people I know. And now the thing is, now I know a lot of our audience in the 20s and 30s, they don't watch local news. I don't really watch local news. So you might not even, you might, some of you might not be familiar with him. Uh, but when you're done, you're going to be looking for him because you're like, this dude is crazy hilarious. Also, very honest. Uh, it it, it kind of meets both masters for what you want in a podcast. It's entertaining, but it's honest. And uh, I loved it. Um, I mean, it was, here's the deal, being real candid with everybody. It was so good that I thought about going, you know what? Let's go ahead, even though we have Joe Buck and we just got, or Joe was going to be the next day, and he was, and he was this past week's episode, so I would recommend going back and listening to that. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll flip-flop him and put Rich, uh, just because I knew that people, I tweeted about it and put it on Facebook, and people were like, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear Rich Gould. So now there's been some build-up for it, but I, but I don't hesitate to hype it because... I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it because I'm going to piss myself. I mean, that's what that's what the guy does. He's just inst- instant offense. Uh, so just enjoy. I mean, it's, it's all over the fucking map, but it's great. Uh, Rich uh, in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, our sponsor of our studios. He's online at the HomeLoanExpert.com. He has been with this podcast from the very beginning. He's been with the Ryan Kelly Morning After for like seven or eight years. Guy's a great guy. But the thing is, it's not like, oh, I'm going to say he's a great guy just because he's sponsoring the show. I know Ryan. He's first class. Not only can he save you money on a refi, uh, not only can he help you get in the home of your dreams, but here's Ryan Kelly, and he's climbing mountains to raise money. And I'm not talking about, like, sending out a group of, like, interns to climb the mountain. He's climbing a mountain. He's doing it for the fourth year in a row. That's what he does, climbing for the kids. Just got an email from him about it. And it's just, it's, that's just kind of the guy he is. I really... 
I guess I, I, guess, I mean I guess it's an obvious statement, but I'm glad that one of the the biggest sponsors of both the radio show and the podcast happens to be such a good guy because then I can just sit here and and wax poetic about him and not go God I got to talk about this guy and he's such a dick. Ugh. Great guy, first class guy, likable guy, guy when you see him or you're texting or you're calling with him you enjoy it, and also a guy who I can recommend to our audience knowing that he is going to take great care of you. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. His name is Ryan Kelly, and his staff is just phenomenal. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. He is our studio sponsor, and that is where Rich Gould and I gathered for this edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Rich, it's just an honor to have you in on the podcast, even though I know you don't know what this is. Well, explain it to me. What is a podcast? So you have your Android phone. I have my iPhone here, yeah. right here, the little podcast thing opens up. And right there, we can play shows hmm. just like that. So not right here. I'm, and you sell advertising wow. right on the front end. Oh, really? And then and you plug it in. Uh, you don't even plug it into your phone. It just it starts playing when you're in your car and your headphones and you're working out or you're hitting golf balls. Well, if you're if you're selling advertising, I'm sure that's something your dad would like. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You've known my father since you got to St. Louis, since right? Since 87. 87. And you are the longest tenured sports anchor in the market. My guess is, I think uh, Jay Randolph may dispute this but i don't think so the longest tenured in the history is that right you know based on just continuous service i don't know how long jay was a sports director at channel five but i think i probably have him beat you're talking 87 97 or so so i'm what 32 years 32 years and doug got here the like longest, in 88 doug was here after savard i think so, no before was he here before savard no. well, yeah, he was here a year probably year and a half after me steve got to came over like a 94 ish okay and Martin uh, was after that. When and then was, Frank. And he Frank was, was early. Too. I wonder if Frank was. I think Frank was early 90s. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, like and I interned for you in 97. I didn't teach you much, <laughs> as I recall. <laughs> and then you... here's the reason I say that. For Christ's sake. <laughs> Here we go. It's All, already starting. You. You. You had an opportunity, and you call me up, and you say, Rich, geez, what should I do? I've is got, this the Little Rock Monterey yes, thing? This is, I've got a job opportunity in Santa Barbara. No, Monterey, Monterey, Monterey Pebble it's, Beach. It's on the course. Yeah, Pebble Beach. Well, that's all you have to say, Pebble Beach. Or I can go to Arkansas. <laughs> and you Don't picked, you laugh, Nick, you traitor. And you picked Arkansas. I did. And I thought, well, I can't tell this kid anything. Now even Jack the intern's chime, chirping me. And let's talk about these interns. When I was at the door trying to come in, I, I found I followed about you know, five or six young boys in here. What are you doing? What is this place? Are you sure that's a radio station? I mean, the only thing you're missing right now is a Boy Scout leader uniform. Are you guys okay? If you need help. 911, <laughs> or I'll uh, I'll take you out with me and I'll drive you home. You think I'm rounding up neighborhood interns that are older than their boss? <laughs> I did notice that Nick seems like he's about. I think Nick's 23, right? 24. 24. Jack, how old are you? 21. 21. Well, Jack looks like he could be about my age. Yeah, <laughs> he looks older. <laughs> how about that? No, they uh, they shoot video for this and then we put it up on social media. Now you are on Twitter. Yeah, I don't do a lot of it, yeah. but I don't mind the Twitter. Yeah, I don't it, mind occasionally what, writing. What you, and yet I find that anything I write, um, some the the most obscure stuff that I might tweet, people kind of like. And then if I tweet something that I think, boy, they should be interested in this. Nobody cares. Crickets. Yeah. 
I just don't care. But your, your mind is so brilliantly random that I think people probably are following you for the brilliantly random stuff. I need to have more brilliantly random thoughts. <laughs> I have them. I just don't often Twitter them. You know, I got, my fingers have got arthritis. They're, they're, they're fat to begin with. I'm, I'm knocking this thing down. And it's a it's a, just a pain in the ass. You know, you're typing and all of a sudden, I don't know what a hashtag is. I don't know what the at symbol is. So I'll type those things, like maybe at the, right. and all of a sudden. And then a million options pop up. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. Well, when I interned for your art, what I remember is I walked in there, and I came in in a suit and tie. And the first thing you said to me is, dear God, that knot is as big as my prostate. <laughs> I don't remember the knot, but uh, it must have been large. I don't know if I had a Windsor going. I don't know what I had. A double or triple a double, Windsor. Double, triple Windsor, yeah, based yeah, on no, the analogy. The, the tie was probably only about this yeah, long. Yeah, well, I'm not a, I'm not a large the man. Not about that big. <laughs> so I interned for you and your... Uh, your uh, when num- was that, Tim? You 97. Remember the years? 97. 97, okay. And you're, you, you remember at a good time. Yeah, that's right. We had a great time. I would laugh my ass. We would go to Flacco's Tacos. Yeah. And uh, there was a place that you guys at Channel 11, when we were in the Central West, and would go the Majestic. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Sure. And I thought it was Used the coolest music thing. down there. Yes. The Greek bar. Yes. Um, it, it was a kind of a hangout for those of us who worked at uh, KPLR 11 at the time. And a good place. Uh, Nick was the owner. Or Lou was the owner, excuse me. A uh, Greek gentleman who was very kind to us. And it was super fun. And yeah. then I was the Rush chairman of my fraternity, Sigma Chi. Very proud of my two terms. Uh, unprecedented, of course, and you came out with me uh, a couple of times when I was rushing uh, incoming freshmen, and you made a fine impression not only on Is the incoming right? freshmen but also some of the sorority girls who were who were <laughs> hanging out. And I believe you developed a phrase to help me recruit, and I don't know if we can say it. I can't remember it. So yeah, well, it was fun. <laughs> I, I remember a couple of those things. Ninety-seven was that was some great times. You were, you were Cardinal, Cardinal we Games, were Cardinal games right? Cardinal yeah, games. Yeah, we had the Cardinals. We had the Blues. We had Billiken's basketball TV. We had a lot of stuff, which now we have nothing. So you were you were you were, you were on the call of Cardinal games, though, because when McGuire's '98 run, I was. You were on some of the, and you went great googly moogly. Yeah, well, that was a game against the Giants. Uh, when Bonds homered that game. Uh, McGuire homered that game. It was a back-and-forth 17-inning game. In fact, I worked with Ozzie Smith. Carpenter uh-huh. wasn't there, and it was me and Ozzie. And uh, Ozzie Smith <laughs> was new to the business, and I think a little – he didn't quite know what extra innings, you know, entailed as a broadcaster. He knew what they were as a player, and he was engaged, and he was ready to go. But as a broadcaster, he got up, I think, in the 10th, and I didn't see him again to the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> this game <laughs> – he was just walking around going, oh, man, is this game still going on? Yeah, you can you can sense in the broadcast booth when they realize it's going to extra innings that they're not particularly excited. It, yeah, it just, it's free labor. It was a little different. And uh, and the scorebook, you know, Bob Carpenter worked with yes. this professional, and uh, he has the Bob Carpenter scorebook, and it's a great scorebook. And he's very uh, meticulous about his scoring, and I would be, too, up until about the eighth inning, ninth inning, and then it'd just get to where I'd look down, and maybe I'd be looking off and miss something. And I'd go, "Oh, what? What the hell? I just can't score anymore. <laughs> I'm just done with it." So, you would? How many times would you call games? Like the games that yeah, were on not KPLR? Enough. Not enough, um, unfortunately. Yeah, because that's what I grew up wanting to do, wanting to do, and doing as a very young guy before I got to St. Louis was a lot of play-by-play. But um, 
St. Louis is a tough nut to crack when it comes to play-by-play. Yeah. It certainly was back then when, you know, the names in front of you doing games are Buck and Buck and Costas and Shannon and Deerdorf and Carpenter and, and just all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I got involved with the broadcast, fortunately, and was able to do what Jim Hayes does now. And I don't know this to be true, but it could be because as I went around baseball, I didn't see anybody else doing it. So my, my guess is I'm one of the first people to actually be the third man in a booth that did the interviews before game, Ugh. the post-game interviews, and actually worked during the game, interviewing people of interest or coming up with you know whatever uh, y- y- your thoughts were about the ball game. You love doing that? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah? It was great fun. Yeah? Um, wasn't as much fun in July. A little hot. It was hot. Yeah. But it was, it was terrific. So being involved with that game... Uh, doing color, being, you know, working with with those guys was terrific. And, and the thing you miss about it, Tim, is it's it's live. It gets the heart pumping. Yeah. You now doing a newscast doesn't get the heart pumping. It doesn't, does it? You've done it. I've done it since 1979. It's three minutes. You could do it in your sleep. You could have done it in your yes. sleep when I was interning for you in 97. That was 21 years ago. That's true. Because I think one time I, I screwed up. You and... think one time I was sleeping, eh? <laughs> no, no, no. I Something happened where the scripts didn't print out. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? And I guess it was still in the prompter. But as far as the highlights go, and I watched you down there in the studio, and it was like you would have never known. It was just like it was effortless. Well, thank you. And I can do that. But I'll tell you what. I thought, you know something about this job that I really like that nobody knows is writing. Hmm. I've always loved to write. I started out as a sports writer in little Branson, Missouri back in 76. And you couldn't get better training. And you were not from that area, correct? No, I I went to high school in Branson. Okay, but you you grew up in California. Grew up until I was 14, then I moved to Branson. And uh, so, but in 76, I'm two years removed from high school. And I'm writing story after story, headlines, taking pictures for a bi-weekly newspaper. It It was amazing. You can't get better training than that. Yeah. And then the same thing with radio. You know, they weren't doing any games. And I knocked on a guy's door and said, I think... Uh, you guys need to call the games. I think I'm the guy to do them. He said, okay, well, let's try it. So I did that for about four years. I think 10 bucks a game was what I got paid wow. my first one. You don't know this. But I don't think I told you. That's how I got my first TV job. Really? I was in Springfield, and I watched Tom Mast. It was a sports guy. Ned Reynolds and Tom Mast were the two big guys uh-huh. in Springfield. Uh, Ned retired not long ago. He's in the Missouri Hall of Fame. Mast, I don't know what he's doing. I kind of lost touch with him. But anyway, he had worked days and days and days in a row. So I said, there's something wrong here. And I knocked on the door, the news director. You know, I went in. I said, I think I got a solution. I think I can help you. I'm doing this, you know, down in Branson. I said, why don't you hire me? I'll do the weekends. That way Tom can, you know, take some time off. And they he said, well, we've never thought anything of that before. I said, well, you know, try me out if you like me. Great. If you don't like me, I'll shake your hand and you'll never see me again. So on a Wednesday, he, I went in for a little tryout and did a sports cast. On a Thursday, I did the 5 o'clock show. On a Friday, I did the 10 o'clock show. And on a Saturday, Tom Mast went on a two-and-a-half-week vacation, and I did every damn show. Oh, my God. That's how it was. How about that? So it required. So they weren't even. He was just working every day. He and if work, you would he, not, they have, didn't have a replacement for him. If I don't notice that, they would have hired somebody eventually. Eventually, yeah. But knocking on the door and saying I can do this, and then being able to back it up, 
is how I got into the television. And how old were you then? 21. 21. Wow, yeah. that's young. And which station was that down there? there was KOLR. K- I was about to say KOLR, yeah. K- there's KY3 or something like KY3, that? KY3, and, and I don't know the call letters for the other. Yeah, but it KOLR. Was it was a CBS affiliate. And how long were you there? Uh, a year and a half when I graduated. Oh, that's it, really? Yeah, that was, then I graduated college. I was still going to college, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I'd walk around on little old Evangel campus, and somebody would look at me and say, did I? Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah. That, was, that was me. And walked on. Ladies but, love your style as a, as a student slash television star. <laughs> well, I think I tried to use that a couple of times. I don't think it worked particularly <laughs> well. <laughs> but then, you know, it was time you get out of school. You got to go to work. And so then so where did you go? Because I know you at one point you were in I Quincy. I had two job offers. Okay. One was in Columbus, Mississippi. What market? was? I didn't even know that's a market. Yeah, it's like 150, 60, uh, okay. something like that. And Quincy wasn't much bigger, and they offered me some work. WGEM. Uh-huh. A and great station. It, it is. It is a great, a great town. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful that I picked Quincy, Illinois, over going to Mississippi. What you was? Know? What was? What were you, do you remember what you were weighing back and forth on that? I mean, I'm sure money. You're, you're asking me what I weighed. <laughs> what the hell kind of question is this? What kind of? What is this part of a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> you're bringing Jack the intern in. Jack the forty year old intern. Well, he's young and he knows this stuff. <laughs> Still think Jack's older than me. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't have to weigh it too long. One offered me twelve five, and the other offered me fifteen grand, and so I went with a fifteen grand. WGEM. And what a good thing that they did because I, I, no. that's the one place where I was a finalist for a job when I was starting out, and I didn't get the job. And I remember talking to you about it because yeah. that's where you got one of your first jobs. Great family, the Oakley family yeah. up there. And um, it was it was terrific. Yeah, and then there was play-by-play, at least for when I was. Sure. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot going on there. They had, at the time, they had the great Douglas brothers. Quincy High School basketball was amazing. They'd won, they won the state championship the year I went. And I was able, you know, I could play-by-play for probably 15, 20 of their games. Um, but but they were, people would say to me, wait till you see basketball, because I think I took over in April, just after the basketball season. I said, wait till you see, wait till you see basketball. I said, come on, it's high school basketball. Hell, they play pretty well down in Nixa, <laughs> you know, and Forsyth and uh-huh. these little towns. I, I, I got it. Well, it was... It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And why is that? When the lights go down, oh, yeah. the, the gym was bigger. They'd turn the lights down. The devil would come out with a flaming trident, you know, and shake it at the other team. It's just a whole <laughs> big production. <laughs> Plus, they were the best team in the United States of America. Really? Bruce Douglas, Michael Payne, Dennis Douglas, uh, Scott Allen, Tim Huseman. You see, I still remember these names. These guys were fantastic. They didn't lose a game. They played uh, Lincoln. And that was a six-point game, I think. And earlier in the year, and I did this game in the Thanksgiving tournament, I want to say it was Chicago Farragut. And they had a close game with them. Everything else would blow up. You look back in the archives in that state tournament, Quincy had everybody whipped. Really? I mean, Quincy had them beat in the first half. It was just no contest. Wow. They were great to watch. How long were you in Quincy? Five years, four and a half years. Five, that's a like good that. run. Yeah, I, and I didn't mind it. Then I yeah. went to Sacramento and then here. Okay, how long were you in Sacramento? Only two years. Only two years. And Sacramento's station and KPLR, yes. they were they were they were like owned by the same company. Yeah, Ted Copper right. owned them both. Okay, all right, all right. So I went out so to that's Sacramento, and then Ted liked what I was doing out there, and he brought me back. Okay, here. so what was Sacramento like? It was great. Couldn't beat it. Yeah, you were you become a Sacramento Kings guy. I would have. See, this is this is where you know you you make different decisions in your life. I don't know what would have happened had I said no. I think I'd rather stay in Sacramento. 
It turns out the next year, they got the rights to Kings basketball. Oh, wow. We televised them. I think there's every chance I would have done play-by-play with the Kings and been in that area to this day. Huh. But that didn't happen. Ted said, we're going to get the Cardinals. He wasn't sure of it, but he thought pretty much of it. He just come on, you can be a part of that. I said, okay. It's the only Absolutely. thing anybody ever wants to do. You know, right. Be somehow affiliated with the Cardinals. But Sacramento was great two hours to the coast. San Francisco, two hours to, to Tahoe. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. I remember getting pissed because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see a cloud. You're in that San Joaquin, upper San Joaquin Valley. And from, gosh, late March to about August, I don't remember seeing a cloud. I don't think it rained a day. And I kept thinking, this is driving me nuts. We got to have a thunderstorm. We got to have something. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. When you got to say, how, by the way, how am I doing? You do How's this little pod thing this, working this, now? We, how long do we, we go? Do you edit this? Or? No, I just let it go. Okay. I just let it go. Like we had Jay Nixon sitting in that chair a couple weeks ago. Oh, the governor. The, the governor. So we wow. talked about all kinds of things. Did you talk to him about the stadium? We, oh, you better believe let we did. Let me tell you something. What do you got? That's the, that's the the only time since I haven't been doing radio, which I don't miss. It's the only time I wish I wish I was doing radio. Was when the Rams thing was going on? You betcha. I'm t- that's what we focused on for because two Because I think I would have... The few shows that I did do, they probably won't remember. And anybody that's watching the little podcast here will think, well, uh, this old dude's just trying to trying to say he knew something when he didn't. I, what I did know was common sense. I said to anybody who'd listen, the Rams aren't coming here. There's no damn way. Like, is you're talking about the Rams aren't staying here. Yeah. So you, okay. All right, all right. They're not going to do that. Yeah. And so, but anyway, what were you? you no, were no, 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 no. That's, that's well, what I was going to say is Jay Nixon when he said, "There goes, oh, you're going to edit this." I go, "No, we're going to play everything." He goes, "Okay, great, yeah." So we're not we're not going to edit it. But anyway, uh, unless you want us to. But uh, regarding the Rams thing, we did focus on that because I felt like for whatever reason it wasn't getting enough attention because it seemed so obvious that they were going to move, and so they would. You it know, was certainly obvious to me, but I don't think it was obvious to a lot of the sports media in this town and, and I, who wanted to be in the Rams' corner, who wanted to. You know, be pals with Dave Peacock, who wanted to say, yeah, we we love this team and we love our city, and by God, the NFL, uh, they're wrong, and we've got rules. Uh, rules don't apply to guys like Kroenke. They just don't. Anybody who anybody who saw this guy buy up this land in Los Angeles, he lives up the up the five. You know, he wants to he wants to drive to his ball game. He doesn't want to fly to St. Louis. So, yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 no, I, I, no, I, I do want to get, I do want to dig into it because there was, a, you, you probably covered it. The day that Jeff Fisher was hired, which mm-hmm. was January of 2012, the next day we have the audio of it from our show. We played Stan Kroenke answering questions, which was the last time he answered questions in St. Louis. And we played it, and I said to Doug, it was the first three minutes of the show, I said, Doug, what's your reaction? He goes, Well, the Rams are leaving. That was that was his reaction. Yeah. That was mine too. I'm like, this is so obvious. Yeah. We had a weird thing going on in the market because uh, you had some people chastising those who were saying that the team is going to move, and so it kind of created an awkward thing for St. Louis sports media, where you had some people saying, mm-hmm. "Well, I think they're going to move," and then others kind of going after the people who were saying they were going to move, and I think that provided kind of. The opportunity they didn't do the Baltimore Colts move in the cover of the night, but they moved gradually under the cover of ignorance in St. Louis. That's probably a good way to say it. Yeah, there are a lot of ignorance here, and nobody really knew what was going on. Although there are some who pretended they did. Oh, my sources say, my sources say, and then the very next breath, 
well, you know, we really don't know what's going on. Well, if you don't know what's going on, what the hell good are your sources? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Gee, nobody knows what's going on, but here's what my sources tell me. As soon as I heard that, I thought, ah, you know, way to look at this thing is through common sense. I talked to Kevin Demoff. We would talk throughout the whole process, and they were they were conversations that weren't on the radio. And he would tell me what I could say and what I couldn't say as far as off the record. And a week before the vote in Houston, he's in New York, and we're talking. It's 1130 at night. And I said, so where do things stand? And he said, well, I think they really want Spanos to be taken care of. Everybody agrees with that, Spanos mm-hmm. being the Chargers owner. And he goes, so I think if we're able to work something out where we're with the Chargers as opposed to the Chargers and Raiders, which was the whole Carson project, and you know the landscape out there with Carson and, and Inglewood being from that area – that that I think they will let us go. And I go, so what do you think? And he goes, well, Jerry Richardson, the now ousted Panthers owner, and Bob McNair, the Texans owner, are on the St. Louis side. He goes, but pretty much everybody else wants Spanos taken care of. And then they like the idea of the fact that Stan can privately fund a stadium in Los Angeles. And if we can get that worked out, I think that we're going to get the go-ahead. But it's I coming along, too. I saw pictures the other day. What's that? Got online. That stadium. Oh, yeah. It's coming along. It looks oh, yeah. And it's going to wind up being twice as much as what they originally uh, yeah. thought about it. But I, got, I got kind of a kick, too, about the uh, the fellow uh, Iger from Disney. That's what I thought. I, what's he going to do? Give him an e-ticket? Well, so have you, give, have you, him a, I, I, give him so, a guided <laughs> tour to Disneyland? Get behind the scenes and say, you know, this is where Cinderella dresses. And, oh, by the way, there's her dressing. <laughs> He wasn't going to do it. Have you ever been These to Carson? Rich guys, yeah. Have you, have you been to Carson? Have you been I'm recently? Sure that I have, having grown right, up right, in Orange, right. Been, but recently, no. But so Carson I went out there Ingle to look at everything. Hilarious. So I go by. I go out there to do like a, a mission. And Demoff, I know what was going on. I'm sure at this point he would admit it. I was supposed to meet with Mayor uh, James Butts of Inglewood, who had popped off. Yeah, on, I talked to him a few times. Did you? Because yeah. he, he was a, he was an unfiltered. Source, he would say stuff that he shouldn't have said. And I'm sure Kroenke and Demoff were like, don't say this. And then Demoff, I bet it, I bet everything. It was Demoff who nixed the interview. The day I was showing up to interview him, is that right? they say, oh, he's not available now. I said, well, that's fine. I'll stick around. Oh, no, he's on this board of mass transit. He's not available tomorrow either. I said, well, I'm going to be around for a couple of weeks, even though I wasn't. Right. When will he be available? Because I sense what's going on. Right. And then I didn't hear anything. So then I go down to Carson and... And I pull up at the security gate, and they're going to give me a tour. The mayor of Carson was dying for this to happen, yeah. and I just don't think he knew what was really going on. I pull up at the security gate, and I said, well, I'm here to meet the mayor, and he's giving me a tour of the stadium site. And the guy at the security gate goes, stadium site? He goes, this is a landfill. <laughs> <laughs> and they give me a tour, and I'm like, it is a landfill. And you have the two freeways right there. You probably know which ones they are. They could have built that in Bridgeton. <laughs> Under that, you want a landfill? I got a landfill for you. <laughs> yeah, we can relocate the Panthers here. It's only a couple miles down the street. <laughs> and then, so I drive down to San Diego after getting the tour of Carson. I meet with the mayor of uh, San Diego, and he's he's getting himself mic'd up. And we're about to do the interview. And he goes, "How are things in uh, in L.A. and in, in Inglewood and Carson?" I go, "I got to tell you, I think this Carson thing's a bluff. I don't think it's real." And he goes, "Yeah, trust your instincts on that." And he says <laughs> he's micing himself up. So I think he knew that Carson was never really going to happen. It was always Inglewood. I think what they got surprised by is that St. Louis actually got something together, whether or not it was something that Kroenke would ever agree to, of course, is totally different. I think they thought it was going to be easy just to get out of here and history would write itself and the Rams would return to St. Louis and nobody would protest. And around the country, for the most part, nobody is protesting, but here people feel like it was a bad deal. Now, the last... uh three, four minutes that we've been talking. Is this where people turn their little podcast onto something else? 
Is this where they click around? Should we go back to your prostate? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'll talk about whatever you want. That's I'm here. I'm here for you, Tim. No, no, no. I, I so here's here I'm saying. We got we got to work something out because we're longtime friends here. I mean, you're my mentor, but you are unhappy with me about something with radio, and I'm telling you what you think happened didn't happen. I got I got to. I gotta, don't do radio anymore. I know, but you think that somehow I had something to do with you not doing radio anymore, and that's not accurate. And I thought we were pals. I know we are, but what I'm saying is what you think didn't happen. I don't I, even know I, what you think. It's been a while, and I don't remember. I know. But I know this. <laughs> I, I'm still carrying a grudge. I know. And I know, and that's why I want to work it out. So, huh? But if, but if you don't even remember what it was, then how are we going to work it out? I'll, I'll look back. I've only run somewhere. one radio station, and you weren't at that. It was CBS 920. Radio executives, I think, by and large. Especially <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> this in, is something we'll bond sports, uh, In the sports community, probably nationwide, but certainly in St. Louis. And, and really, maybe all radios are, are I think, weasels. <laughs> They're just not very bright. They're just kind of weird dudes. <laughs> Shouldn't it be rather easy? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, and hasn't it just been but so I think strange there are, there are some people, from, from what I hear, and I hear all of this secondhand because I don't listen. <laughs> Your I, AM radio still I on the fritz? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like talk radio. I think it's boring. But you were great at it. I still am, Tim. <laughs> but that's, that's irrelevant. I, one thing I didn't do was when I was doing talk radio, and I started maybe not the first guy. Rammer was doing it before me, but... Pretty early on in the game, I was doing talk radio. I never once told anybody that I liked talk radio. In fact, I would go out of my way to say, I dislike it. I don't know why you people are listening to this when you've got, you know, Brad Paisley just one, one turn of the wrist down. What the hell are you listening to this for? But they did that. So, But radio, radio executives, they're... Uh, it has been really odd in St. Louis. It really has been. I think, now I don't know that I'm completely right about this but uh, didn't some guy own a boot store and then well, own... that's, the, that's the owner of this radio oh, station okay, that's the owner that. of this radio station yeah dan marshall and he owned a, a phone company he got into it we had the guys from atlanta but there are other people who yeah that that maybe own something else and thought gee i'd like to own a radio station so let's buy one and we can run that hell anybody can do that eh, i don't get it Maybe that's why McKenna got PO'd and punched somebody. I don't know. <laughs> that did happen. That happened a no. couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, actually. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. He's giggling. <laughs> Nick is enjoying the hell out of this. Looks like Jack is as well. Jack in the corner. It's all my little boys who run around the studio oh, I with know. Me. <laughs> Jack, you may want to go on and get your scarf. <laughs> I'm you're the missing, den leader. You're missing your scarf. <laughs> the den leader's talking. Now. now, I don't know about you, but I screwed up my money management in my 20s and my 30s, and candidly, I'm a little embarrassed by it. Because it's not like I didn't have people making suggestions. But it became a whole thing to do all sorts of paperwork. And if we're talking about retirement, that's like 300 years away, right? Well, then all of a sudden you get in your 40s and you're like, what was I doing? That's where I am right now. I, I, I legitimately cringe when I think about it. Big time cringe. Uh, I could have been paying off my condo. I could have been saving money. I could have been investing. Let me give you an example. I met with a guy last year. And he said, what are you doing putting your money in savings? He looked at my savings guy. What, he goes, what in the hell are you doing? He goes, is that like earmarked for something? What are you doing? And I said, I don't know. I thought that's what you do. I mean, I'm a 40-year-old man who some people go, oh, you know what you're doing when it comes to business. Well, that's fine. I appreciate the compliment, but it doesn't speak too much to me that I'm putting money in a savings account. Well, maybe it's what you do when you're 10, but it's not what you do when you're 40. You need someone who can help you figure this out, but not somebody that's going to make you fill out all sorts of forms just to get started and take forever to get you pointed in the right direction. 
Here's what I got for you. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is the guy who could help you figure out all of this in a way that makes it easy for you. I met with Mark, and man, was I really impressed by not only his knowledge, but also his passion. For real, he is passionate about this business. For helping everyday people build a strategy to get to their financial goals, and also how simple it was. He opens up his iPad, shows you the numbers, shows you what you've got, and shows you where you can be by managing your money in the right way. And he cares so much. This guy... He is, he's the real deal. He really is. If you get in touch with him, he will be able to help you. His name is Mark Hanna. Give him a call at 314-889-0503 or check him out online at evergreenstl.com. It's just about putting you and your family on the right track. And here's the thing. It's so simple. It was a different ball game 10 years ago. Now, opening up the iPad, entering in the numbers and saying, here's what you got, here's where you want to go, here's what we got to do, that's what you can do with Mark Hanna. 314-889-0503 or check him out online at evergreenstl.com. You did do sports talk radio in the 1990s. Yeah, Yeah, and then I joined you and Jay Jr. in 2002. Okay. You're saying this like I'm refreshing your memory. You are. (laughs) I, I don't remember much about it. So you know, I'd bust in with my best days with Rob King. He and I would do it. And we were great pals, and so we'd have fun for a couple. Of, but it was God. It, was, I, it used to remind me of the uh, the old cartoon uh, with the coyote and the dog and the sheep dog. You know, not the Roadrunner, but the sheep dog. Okay. They'd both clock in. Hi, Sam. Hi, Ralph. They'd clock in. You know, and then they'd go to work, but they'd get there right as it goes on. One of us. Every day would run into the studio and set down five seconds before this stuff started. That's the, what I do now. Guy, yeah, and the other guy didn't get there until you know twenty seconds. Before. <laughs> he was the early bird. But you, but I, I, I got to I don't like talk radio. I think why don't a, you like talk radio? Now we're talking sports. You're, you're, no, no, you're, you're, you're careful to all, say talk. All. No, no, you're going all. Really, I think all talk radio is pretty. I don't. I just don't care for it. I'm not a political guy, so I wouldn't listen. Yeah, to I would have no idea what your politics are. Political. Show. I have no idea what your. I politics. don't care really about politics. I just think it's a lot of people pontificating. Try, no, not necessarily even pontificating. Trying to be a little more clever than they can be. You know, there are a lot of guys in this industry who are very entertaining, but you you can't keep comedy up for three hours, and that's what the length of the shows are now yeah i also think if i'm not mistaken i haven't listened to a talk radio show so you can tell me if i'm wrong they phased out callers it's textures for the most part on our show anyway okay textures right. but nobody gets to call in and talk anymore oh no well, you do we, do. we, do. we take them part of it well all, all these national shows they don't take many yeah i think the consultants said people don't want to hear I, well and i and I, I think the consultants are wrong I, I, and i agree with you i love when we have phone calls i, thought I love actually it. making listening to callers was one of the things that i thought would be okay instead of just having a guy uh, do this there's so much time to fill nowadays not only on radio but television you've got talk radio on television all over yeah. the place yeah. you got two guys sitting there for hours and everybody's talking about the same stuff i mean yesterday i martin and i are sitting in the sports office and we've always got tvs going and i'm forget what i'm doing but i'm typing up something and i finally had to look to marty and say can can you turn this down this guy's driving me nuts <laughs> and it was about you know for the upteenth time is yadio molina a hall of famer 
for the update. They're just going off about that. It's <laughs> the repetition drives me nuts. I suppose it's because um, now you'll know this. I don't think your upper level radio executives would because well, they are, after all, doped. Um, you'd know this. I think it's just because people come in and out. You know, they and people will watch for a little while and then go do something. Yeah, else I think and you're right on that. Back. Yeah, so, so they don't mind the repetition. They cycle on and they cycle off, like yeah. the LeBron thing. Up until he made his decision, that was all it was, and that was even it why the NBA Finals is. were going on. Yeah, it still is. Yeah. Do you do you look online? Yeah. Do you ever get on ESPN.com, CBS Sports Line? Right, 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 right. Okay, I do that. You can't find a thing about hockey on their front page. Isn't not that amazing? One thing. Yeah. If it's not LeBron or something with with NBA basketball. Or the NFL. Or the or and if it's not the NFL, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing rare when you find a major baseball story unless, you know, some guy took a bat to his wife. Then that'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the and, and I, I doubt, or I don't, you know, like Jeremy Rutherford now and Bernie Miklas uh, are writing for The Athletic, which is an on-demand sports site. Okay. And what they have found with their business model is they're catering to hockey fans with making sure they get the great hockey writers from all of the North American right. cities. And they're having success with that because hockey fans feel like they've kind of been ignored by, and they haven't kind of been, they have been ignored by ESPN. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely have. Yeah. Uh, those are two good writers, by the way. Oh, yeah, very good. I don't know how good they are on, on radio. I haven't really listened, but they're two but good know. writers. So, so you don't like talk radio as a whole? I don't like it as a whole. I'd much rather listen to music. But what you did with your show, I would say, is similar. I know you're not listening, of course, to what we do with our show because your show is just kind of random yes. but that's fun and i, I think people so. like that. i wanted it to be fun yeah but that was, that was the when, best part and about rob and rob king and i when we did our show could be random and get off on very strange tangents tangents which at the time was criticized really oh sure really yeah you'd get uh, you know caesar saying something well, these guys aren't even it's a sports talk radio show you're supposed to talk about sports well it's under the umbrella of entertainment. Right, I agree with it. And if which you go is the same the country, thing about television news. It's it's entertainment. It's the same thing about baseball. You know, we talk about baseball in these terms in St. Louis. We're just so passionate and so reverent about the game. All this is is a way to spend money and entertain yourself for about three hours. The game's too long. The game can kind of be boring. They play way too many games, 162. I, you, you know the one top, and I'm, I'll get back to that, but it just... Something hit me. The one topic I wouldn't mind talking about, not today, but if I was doing talk radio again, is the shift in baseball. I find that interesting. Do you are you pro or anti shift? I am I am pro shift. I think anything you can do between those lines to enhance your team, do it. I agree with you. 100%. That's what I, I agree. With you. I, and I didn't even if know you play was... all nine guys on one side yeah. and it gets the guy out. Yeah. I think it's legal. And I feel like the offense then it's on their, them to try and then counter it. I no. just don't know why guys aren't laying down bunts down the third base line left and uh, right. Carpenter, I read him the other day, and I think he's right. It is harder to do against the guys that are pitching now. They're throwing so hard, but still, it's just the the kind of way the ebbs and flows of the game. You know, as as you went from whitey ball and speed and defense to power, and uh, as a way to win games, this is. This will be checked in some way, these shifts. Somebody will figure out how to beat these shifts consistently, and they'll win ballgames. Yeah. But I, that, I find, is a really interesting topic. Yeah. I love listening to people who say, no, you got to go ahead and play two guys to the left side of the infield, two guys to the right side of the infield. And I, I just think that's a real good – that's a topic I would like to talk about. But getting back to what you said, uh, yeah, the entertainment is, is where it's at. If it's entertaining, then it's fun. And I don't find sports talk radio – if I had to come uh, and, in, and, and this isn't me being a crusty old man, which I'm really embracing. 
I don't, you know, because I was saying the same thing when I was first doing it. I don't find sports talk radio to be overly entertaining. Well, what I am saying is two things. If I, if, if they, if somebody bought this station and said, we need you guys to start talking hardcore sports. For is he a shoe salesman? I don't, don't know. Is it Ted Drews? I don't believe he's in the, in the, in the radio business. You never this, know. But you don't know. I don't he know. He could be. I don't know. Uh, for the record, Randy Markell is a fine gentleman. You'd love him. I, I don't know. He's, he's a fine gentleman. He probably is. But, uh, but if somebody said you've got to do hard I'm him under the umbrella uh, of most. No, I know what you're saying. Of most radio executives <laughs> that I've met. Eh. You know, the light's on, but nobody's home. <laughs> for the record, though, he, Randy is a nice man. Okay. So, if somebody said you got to talk sports for all three hours, I'd be done. I'd be done. I, cu- I couldn't. Because I'd it. bore the shit out of me. I'd be out of my mind with it. How do I, people do? Yeah, three, three hours used to kill me. They'd want me to do three hours. I said, man, I can barely do two. When we come in, we just, I have no idea what we're going to talk about in five minutes. But we're just going to go. Which is, I think, similar to what you and Rob did. And that you is. and Jay and Dave Green did, you know, mm-hmm. when you were doing the show. But that was fun. And to me, that illustrates talent. Not that that's the reason why we do it. But you have to have a mind that can be you know, quick and, and come up with random. I think you're I think you're right. Absolutely right on radio. I'll never forget there was a national television personality that we had on. Susie Colbert. Oh really? Talking to her. And she wanted to know what we're talking about. Well we deviated from that topic and once you deviated from that topic, she was upset. She didn't know you know, really how to converse with that particular topic. I think it was Susie. If I'm wrong, I apologize to her. Um, but if you're on radio, you have to be able to talk about a lot of different stuff. Yeah. That, that, that's Somewhat that's intelligently, and if, if not intelligently, at least make it uh, humorous or entertaining. That's the fun part of it. But I also remember the, one of the most famous weeks in, in Cardinal baseball history over the last 20 years was the week in which De- Jack Buck passed mm-hmm. and then what five days later if i'm not mistaken daryl kyle passed away and that's that was my second week in radio and i was working with you and working with jay and i remember we would like rotate who ran point who was the one that brought us in and out of break mm-hmm. and i was it was my day to do that and you come in and i'm 25 or something years old you go junior head on over to the other side i'm gonna handle this one today and i'm like yeah that's the absolute right thing to do <laughs> this is a show today where we're not going to be able to screw off we're going to be reverential mm-hmm. about the great jack buck and then, of course, five days later, what happened with Daryl Kyle? I mean, a, a, a tragic and you know signature week in the organization's history. So when you needed to be a sportscaster and yeah, serious, you, 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 you can, can do it. it. You obviously sure. could do it. But it, the idea of doing it on a daily basis, yeah, that would bore the hell out for real. Like at 101 ESPN, and I'm not being critical of 101 ESPN, it's just I couldn't do Do they have a signal? <laughs> they do. They have an FM, 100,000 watts. It's a whole thing. Is it stronger than yours? Probably so. I haven't done. I haven't gone out in the field with my tongs. Yeah, but I would guess it's probably pretty clear. Who owns them? I guess ESPN, huh? Uh, Hubbard, I believe, is the name of the company. Okay, uh, I'm sure he's a dope. No, 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 no. It's a corporation that owns a whole wow. bunch of them. Okay. <laughs> so my point is, they have to talk sports, and I just I couldn't do that because then you get in a spot where you're like, well, you want to talk? What's going to get a reaction? Yeah. Let's say something that you know people react to and but you might not really mean it i never want to do that i was with uh tony Larusso, who i'm sure you got to know very well calling games and being around that team as well as much as you were he was always great to me you know, he was so just 
got very cantankerous, I thought, in his later years as manager. And this is after I didn't have much to do with him because we'd lost the right. the uh, the television rights. But while I traveled, he couldn't, couldn't have been, better. been couldn't have been better. So we're down at spring training. It's like 2014 or 15. He was kind of doing that roving thing for MLB. Mm-hmm. And it's 1 in the morning. It's, uh, we're just hanging out, uh, having, a, having a taste, as you like to say. You're hanging out with Tony, 1 in the morning. You're the reason. <laughs> You're the reason he fell asleep. No, that was 2007. This is 2014 or 15. Oh. It's Jim Edmonds and his wife, my wife, Tony, and we're just BSing right. in, the, in the lobby and having a drink. And he puts down, he puts down his glass. And he looks at me and goes, I want to ask you a question. I go, oh, man, what the hell's going to happen here? He goes, do you ever say anything on the radio that you don't believe? And I go, honestly, no. And I would really have a problem with it if anybody I worked with would do that stuff. And he goes, well, I got to tell you, I was driving around in San Francisco the other day, and I heard somebody say something about Colin Kaepernick. And this is pre-Colin Kaepernick yeah. kneeling, so it was about football. And he goes, and I think the guy was just making it up. And I called into that show, and I gave him a piece of my mind. So Tony LaRusse is listening to talk radio, and he's – calling in to convey his anger with what he hears and it's his opinion that people say stuff just to get a rise out of people now, i don't know if that's going on or not oh, but when sure you're filling is. time i'm not i'm going to say that i'm saying locally i don't know uh but that's what you wind up i think that's what happens with cable news and espn when they're like well we're not going to talk about this because if we talk about this and you say this i'll say this then people will people will watch and so therefore it's dishonest yeah but it's also entertaining. <laughs> but that's not what you did. That's not no, what you and I, Rob did. I never did. Right. But to, to think that people don't. Oh, yeah, sure, people do that. They do yeah. it coast to coast. Absolutely, they do. There's, but if you can be entertaining on your own, you don't need to go down that road. And you could yeah. be and are well, thank you. And entertaining I without doing that. that. But it's, uh, the, the entertainment goes away real fast. And what do you mean? When you're, doing, when you're doing three hours a day, it's hard to be entertaining for that three hours. And when you're doing it five days a week, it's really difficult to do. It's hard to maintain that because to be entertaining, you want to be funny. The only way you can do it is to try to crack up the guy that's across yeah. from you. Yeah. If you crack him up, you hope that people are also getting that, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're saying, sensing that they're having fun. It's, it's the entertaining, coming up with new stuff is difficult. People have bad days. Then yeah. you got to go on and talk for three hours. Well, on television, you got three minutes and yeah. you've got sound. Yeah. You don't want to talk. Help. Play some soundbite. <laughs> Plug in a minute 20 worth of somebody else talking. <laughs> and then say sayonara and leave. Back to you. That's that. Do you enjoy doing television still? Yeah. Yeah? I do for the most part. I'm. It's just so different uh, for me now. The The passion isn't quite what it is when you're younger. I, and it's something I said earlier. I enjoy writing. Whereas I can ad-lib anything I want to on television. Right. It's not like I need scripts. Martin doesn't need scripts. I think there are probably some people in this market that do. Many. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy the written word. Yeah. I admire the written word. I like to read sports writers. I like, I like to write. I think that's fun. So that's yeah. part of the part of the behind the scenes stuff, the writing and the editing that some people may grumble about, but I think is a lot more fun than actually. Yeah, I was getting surprised to hear that you like editing. I really enjoy it. Boy, I hate it. I went it for a year. I, for years, I couldn't do it because of the union. Right. But now we've got these computers. Uh, Tim, it's a lot easier now than when I started. Yeah. Hell, when I started in Quincy, I had to cut film. You had to cut you had to, and then tape it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Film. Unreal. You'd cut it. You'd splice it. The pictures were no good. <laughs> people are, you know, they, you might as well be looking at the moon. <laughs> 
than this. And then it got to videotape. Right. And the days where I'd carried stacks of tape. I remember it. And and run down stairs to get these tapes on. Sometimes just in a dead, by God, sprint <laughs> to throw the tapes at the guy and, and get out there. Well, now it's just technology has made it so much easier. Yeah. The writing, the editing, uh, the changing of stories, the, the way you run down. Those big typewriters, my hands used to be very strong. Why? Because I was typing like a son of a bitch. <laughs> you were hunting packing? You were hunting packing? And then ripping the script and then taking, you know, four different scripts out and giving one to this guy and one to this guy. That's what you'd have to do. I remember and it. during a hockey game, you'd have to do it sometimes four or five times. Yeah. If you're in the playoffs and the Blues are tied, the Detroit game, for example, they're going double overtime. You talk about 96? Yeah, well, I'm just talking about the between period oh, okay, stuff okay. that I would have oh, to right, do. All right, all right, all right, right. Every time, between period, here, there, there. You'd have to get it new. You'd have to update stuff. You know, what's going on in this ball game? That was far more difficult than it is today. I remember in 1997, I was interning for you. Steve Gottsagen was the, your, uh, your right-hand man, the number two guy, as we would say in the business, the weekend anchor. And when you were out, he filled in. This was when Orlando Pace was holding out uh, in, as being the number one pick. Right. And whereas you would uh, be able to roll with the punches if something would not go right and laugh about it on mm-hmm. on the set and just truly just not give a damn and it would be great entertainment if something went wrong in Steve's sports cast he would sometimes like have a, a fight with your coat hanger in the office I remember oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he was really into it there's some people like that. <laughs> and he said he reported you were out he reported on one of the weeknight newscasts that Orlando Pace had signed which was a huge story except <laughs> he was wrong and he had not and so and so the next day you come in and steve's off and i go man steve was really hard on himself about getting it wrong that orlando pace hadn't signed and i'm thinking you as the sports director i'm like god how am i going to handle this you go well when he does sign we can say we had it first (laughs) (laughs) about all you can do he made a mistake i uh you asked me do i like the job now yeah i still do but it's just it was very different for me now yeah like, when did it start becoming different? Was it normal in the Channel same? 11, I am insignificant. And I don't like being insignificant, but I am. And I've realized this for years. I'm not doing radio anymore. Nobody's breaking my door down to do it. And if they broke my door down, I'd shoot them. <laughs> Unless they had a whole bunch of money. And then I'd say, eh, maybe, okay, I could do it. But it, it'd have to be a lot. And I, I would, the radio thing. But I'm insignificant in as much as I'm on the air at 4 o'clock for a minute, 20 seconds, to where I just, me and Mike Colombo will talk about whatever I want to talk about. Then I'm on the air at 7 o'clock for three minutes. These are off times. Yeah. We don't have the Cardinals anymore. We don't have the Blues anymore. Don't have Billikens basketball. Don't have much. Uh, and so because of that, I, I the merger wasn't necessarily great for my career. In fact, it wasn't good for my career with Fox 2. However, the people that I work with there are great, and I'm not lying. I love I like them a lot. They're good professionals. But Martin has to do a lot. You know, he's doing he's constantly doing shows. He's constantly he and Charlie and Zach are constantly doing stuff for Channel 2 because they have different sports whether it's World Cup, whether it's national stuff, he'll probably do a, an all-star 30-minute preview show, whether it's a Saturday Cardinals game that you got to show up for, uh, spring training coverage, 
these are things I used to do and enjoy. Yeah. And now I don't do them. So, you know, when it comes to an opinion, um, they don't really ask me much. I take care of everything from Channel 11 and help out with them anytime they want. Uh, but those guys have a lot more to do than I do. Yeah. And so as a result, I don't go to spring training anymore. I don't know Cardinals players. I'm not down there. That's where you kind of get to know people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, the Rams are gone. So it's just, I, I feel bad about that, but I'm also 62, almost 62. So I don't have that many more years left. And in terms of doing radio, yeah, people's, they've heard my stuff. I, don't, I think if you wanted to do radio, and, I, and you've made it very clear you don't, I think you would be... I'd love to do it on, a, not on a sports station. I would love to do uh, a Guy Phillips-type show, although I don't think there's anybody that can do it quite as well as he did. But that morning show that he had where you can mix in talk with a couple of other people on various subjects and then play music, I, that I would listen to a little bit. That was entertaining to me. Yeah. And he was great at it. Who would you do a show with? Now? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't really know that many people that are out there yeah. um, to do it. I, I Honestly, I, I don't know the personalities. Your best run was, on was with Rob King. It sounds like you hold that in the, the high. That was, that, that's because it was early, and that was fun for me, and it was, was new. Was it like early 1990s? It was exciting, yeah. yeah. I think so probably 91 or was two. Was that KFNS? Was that KSP or K? What, what, I don't even remember. I, I, I think it was KFNS, okay. but I'm not sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, that that was fun for me. Yeah, but but so was you know working with Brian McKenna, and so was working with Rammer, yeah. and so was you know Jay and and Dave. They're all fun, and you and talking to the guys were fun. Jeff Gordon, I, I did a show with him once, and to this day it stands out. It was over at Fairmount Park. I really enjoyed it because we got off tangent. Thanks, fortunately to me. <laughs> And it was about games you invented as a kid. <laughs> I don't know Jeff all that well, other to say hi, and you're very lucky if you get a high out of this guy. It's usually just a huh, kind of a grunt. But on this show, you know, he knew he had to talk, and we had a marvelous time just talking back and forth. So I kind of, at least for that hour and a half that we did that, I kind of got to know him a little bit and thought that was fun. Yeah, and an entertaining guy when he's on the radio. He's pretty good. Is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> What about the fan show? I mean, the fan show was the greatest. Well, thank you. I looked forward to that on Sunday nights. Was it 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock? I would it lock was, in on that. It was live television. Maybe not as it should be, but it was it was fun for me. It was a headache. It was a pain, but it was fun, oh, too. Oh, it was the greatest. Because Bill Lannessy was our boss at the time. That's right. I get, I get a lot of credit for the fan show. And I deserve some, and I don't deserve a lot. But Bill Lannessy came to me and he said, we got to do something on Sunday nights. I said, are you asking me or telling me? He says, I'm telling you. I said, okay, let's do it. Because I didn't want to work Sunday nights. Right. That's my family night. I'm at home. And he said, but I don't want it to be just your standard sports show. And I said, well, okay. I said, to do that, though, I'll come up with something different. But you got to back me. And he said, okay. And... By God, he did for the most part. There oh. were very few things that we did, and we tried a lot of weird stuff on this show. Very few things that that we did where he said, eh, you can't do that again. One of them was the band. You know, we had the fan band. 
These guys were just terrific. They happened. We were we were looking at our at our place. We were at the casino, doing kind of a walkthrough. Yeah. And this band was there, and I said at the time I wanted a band. Uh-huh. I said, "Hey guys, you'd be interested on uh, you're you're not too popular because I've never seen you, and you're playing these weird instruments." I said, "How about being our fan band?" And they said, "Yeah, okay." I said, "You'll be on TV. Said, we'll plug you all you want." So now I had a band. You have a band like Johnny Carson. So I I came up with most of the offbeat segments. Did you come up with Mickey Carroll, or did he just happen to be there? I don't know what Mickey's. I didn't invite him, but once he got there, by God, I was glad old Mick showed up. You know, when it's, I, I got to give Mickey Carroll some credit. When it's first of February into January, and it's snowing and it's cold. And there's not anybody that's going to leave their house to come see a stupid show at 9.30 live at the Casino Queen in East St. Louis. Here's Mickey and his little entourage. I was very thankful for him. The fan of, even the fan of the week. We had a fan of the week. And their whole gig was, okay, just sit, just sit in this chair. We'll take a couple of shots of you. We'll, I'll write you a question to ask the guest. That's it. I'll give you a prize. That's it. Our fan of the week. That guy was that week was a homeless guy <laughs> who was literally out front because our fan of the week didn't show. He said, "I'm not going there." He says, "Christ, it's cold." So this homeless guy's out there. I said, "Buddy, come here." I said, "Do you want to? How about being our fan of the week, huh?" I said, "Just, just go sit in this chair." I said, "No, buy you a couple of drinks. How about that?" Okay. So he sits in this chair. And my little game that week, because we'd play a little game, right. was to have three of the guys on a fledgling football team that was in town at the time. I, I don't think it was arena football. Maybe it was something that tried to be that. And to tie their hands behind their backs and have them eat spaghetti. That was the game. Who could wolf down the most spaghetti? I held out a kill three minutes, and that's really all I wanted to do is get to the next commercial for that segment. So they get that done. End of the show. I'm thanking people. There weren't that many there, but I'm thanking people. I'm talking to the band. I'm getting the, so I go up to the fan of the week. And he says, "Hey," I said, "Yeah." He says, "Can I have the leftover spaghetti?" <laughs> Tim, when he did that, I said, "That's it." I, I had to turn around and leave. I looked at Kurt Liddell. I said, "Dude, that's all yours." <laughs> but you do things that you thought would be funny, and Bill would let me do them. Yeah, Iggy. For example, Iggy was a part of the fan show. Iggy the Angry Easter Bunny. I just thought it would be a tremendous kick to get Iggy, you know, smoking a butt, wearing a bunny costume, just being angry with people. And he pulled it off great. I said, Iggy, just be you. He'd write some stuff down. Then he'd, you know, he started getting a little involved in the in the fan show. He'd get mad at some people for, for screwing up his segment. Yeah. Iggy would get mad at people for screwing up his segment. Yeah. I'd have this guy when I was. I said, "Here's your job." It was one of the, it was kind of a burly guy with a wrestling. Coat. I said, "Your job is just just stand behind me and shadow me, no matter where I go." That's why you're my bodyguard today. So if I'm doing the news, stand right behind me. If I'm doing an interview, stand behind me during the game. Just stupid stuff like that that you'd maybe think, gee, maybe that's kind of funny. Stealing stuff from, you know, from Carson. Absolutely. And, and so, but I, I, yeah, it was fun to do. I can't tell you that how many people still come up to me and, and say, talk about the fa- how many wait, how many years man, ago? Was, like three or four years? Like three years? Yeah, three and a half. I years. loved it. So why did it go away? The merger. The, oh, really? Yeah. Ah. As soon as the merger hit, the fan show died. Ugh. You were Couldn't the Casino Queen and then the Stratford. Because the merger, yeah, uh, the Casino Queen. 
We were also downtown at the old Adams Mark for a little while. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then the Stratford. Stratford ends the scene, man. <laughs> Jesus. You, I, when I heard we're doing it at the Stratford end, I looked at Bill. I said, huh? And he threw his hands at me and says, hell, they're paying. <laughs> well, Sounds good. Let's go. I'll be at the Stratford. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird, wacky little show. <sighs> it was impossible to do sports. You couldn't see very well. You couldn't hear very well. And but it was entertaining trying, as yeah, hell. You're trying to roll tapes from there, and it just didn't. Did it so, have any numbers? Did it do what well ratings-wise? I honestly, and this is no kidding, I, I've never paid attention to any ratings number since I've been in this business. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of similar with you on that one. On TV, maybe they would be like, since it was your show, they might go, hey, Rich, look at this thing. It's picking up You speed. wouldn't believe how many people look at that ratings book as if it's the Bible. I'm telling you. And I don't. No, if you're doing your job and you're doing well, trust that people are watching. And if they're not watching, there's nothing you're going to do different. Right. You know, just trust yourself and do your best. Yeah. I think you had Iggy throw Mickey Carroll out of a golf cart. That was in a bit we did. Brian Ledford <laughs> is a very creative, wonderful photographer. And, and Kurt LaBelle was just funny coming up with different stories. So we would be able to devote two and a half minutes to different stuff. My favorite part was a family guy moment that I came up with. I, I watched a couple of tapes. I said, wouldn't it be fun to take about 10 seconds of the family guy and put them on our show? They're on our channel. So you'd have Peter Griffin saying some ridiculously off color thing. And then boom, it'd be over. We had Georgie Animal Steel came on and, and accosted poor Angela. You know, poor little Angela, who, by the way, because I, I take credit for this, I shouldn't because she's a lovely, talented gal, but. From the fan show, she goes on to do stuff for the blues. Yeah, how about you know, that? Fox Sports Midwest. I saw her. I'm watching the Country Music Awards and she's in, in Nashville. The she's like in the third row. <laughs> saying, how the hell does Angela get here? And then I say to myself, well, she wouldn't have been here without the fan show. That's right. The fan show made it all possible. Yeah, I miss that little show. Yeah. Any chance they'd come back? None. <laughs> <laughs> Better chance you doing a radio show or the fan show coming back? Oh, that's now there's that's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't know how to have to think about yeah. that one. I, I would guess the radio show. Well, James Carlton is somebody that I have gotten to know since he started advertising on the podcast when we started it back in October of 2017. And as we approach our first anniversary, I'm still telling you about James Carlton. But now we're going to talk about something a little bit different, and that is life insurance. James said he's hearing from our listeners, which is great. It's, of course, the name of the game. And some of the listeners have brought up life insurance. And so, well, this is an opportunity to tell you that James Carlton is the perfect person to be talking to about life insurance. If you're buying a house, getting married, or have a growing family, make sure that your loved ones will be okay if you don't make it home. Call James at 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net See just how inexpensive it is to protect your family through term life insurance. Although the worst is unlikely, none of us would leave the driveway without strapping our little tykes into a car seat. Life insurance is no different. Although it's not likely that you don't make it home tonight, it's not a risk worth taking when it comes to providing for your loved ones. State Farm is the number one provider of term life insurance in the U.S. Call James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. If someone wrote you a check for two times your salary to never work again, most of us would say, not a chance in hell that I'm cashing that. However, many of us solely rely on group coverage to protect our families. It's great if your employer provides that benefit, but most of us with families know there's no way they would be okay with two times the salary if we passed away. So call James today, 314-961-4800, or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. 
to see just how inexpensive it is to make sure your loved ones are protected. James Carlton, if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. People are going to hear you on this and go, yeah, why isn't Rich doing radio? People ask me often. Yeah. I mean, there aren't a lot of, like, fascinating personalities, respectfully, across the market. And I'm talking news or sports or DJ or whatever. Well, and I lump myself in with those people. I'm not a fascinating person. Oh, I think you're fascinating I'm not a fascinating, fascinating personality. personality. No. You're instant entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have been taping before we went on. <laughs> that was that was instant You See? and Doug were having a very good yeah, conversation. Yeah, me and Doug were talking, and that was... the You were talking about the aging process. Yes. And you're not, you're, you're, not, you're not real high on the whole deal. Oh, I don't like it worth a damn. <laughs> You know, now, now you're dealing with mothers. You know, I got a mother who was in the hospital the other day. And she goes out in 110 degree heat. And I'm saying to her, first of all, why the hell? Don't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. She, she actually, like a year ago, asked me to take her to a ball game. I'd really like to go see a ball game. And I said, no. What do you mean go see a ball game? You can barely walk to get your mail. And you want to go bouncing around 40,000 people when it's 100 degrees at Bush Stadium? I'm not doing that. That's just ridiculous. You broke her heart, probably. I don't think so. I think she knows I'm right. So anyway, something <laughs> happened, and somebody found her slumped between two cars. So she, you know, 911, she goes to the hospital where she actually looked pretty good. She was a little dehydrated. And, and I said, what were you doing outside? She says, well, I really don't remember. And I said, and you fell down? She said, I did not fall down. I said, well, what do you mean? She says, well, I could feel myself maybe falling, so I just kind of slumped to the ground. And I said, well, were you on the ground? She said, yeah. I said, then damn it, you fell. <laughs> she didn't quite get that. She didn't quite get that. But she's doing better. 84, five years old? Yeah, 84. 84, five years Or 85, old. one or the other. Yeah, well, sure. So coin flip. So you, you, you consider maybe having her move in with you, and then, you know, that could be the... Uh, I haven't uh, once considered that, <laughs> Tim. Certainly glad you brought that up. No, I haven't considered that. I'd rather be in, I'd rather be in hell with my back broke than have that happen. But as a loving son, if she needs to move in with me, she's invited. Better chance of happening. Fan show, radio show, your mom moving in with you. Radio. Radio is the winner on that. Radio wow, is the winner that. No, no, I guess my mom moved in. Who knows? All right, fair enough. Well, Rich, it has been a pleasure to is have Joe you come Buck in. coming on this show? He is. He's in tomorrow. Oh, he is? Yeah. So I'm preceding Joe Buck. You are. You, well, I mean, it's not. It's the governor. But which is good. The governor was your opening. I'm sandwiched between the governor and, and Joe. Joe Buck. That's right. Will you please let Joe uh, know something? What's hey, hello, that? I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's been a very busy man, but I'm a little pissed at him. Now, what's the problem? It probably has to do with golf. It does. I knew it. What are you pissed about? Yeah, well, we haven't I, talked well, about a, golf. This was a couple of years ago. I was at Warson. Look uh, at you. Well, I don't get there very often, <laughs> and I'm sure they're always happy to see me leave. But I was at Warson with my boss, Spencer, and we played golf, and Joe Buck made a hole-in-one, and he never bought me a drink. Really? He didn't play with us. So in, in fairness to Joe, whereas I'm mad, he had no idea I was at old Warson. <laughs> he was probably six, seven groups behind me, and I had left. But, but you still feel he like he did make the hole in one. You are owed a drink, and I think he owes me a cocktail. <laughs> I've made three. Do you, where, all at Berry Hill? No, two at Berry Hill, one at Bogey Hills. Oh, Bogey Hills, that's right. Each time I've made one, I've actually had to go looking for people to buy drinks to. What's that about? I don't know. That's like a tradition, I, an expensive tradition. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I went in there. I'm ready to buy. Eh, no, we're good. 
This one, Bo- Bogey Hill's the same way. The last one, I went to the sports cafe there in Bridgeton after making a hole-in-one. And there were people around, and I said, I just made a hole-in-one. I said, give this half of the bar a drink on me. I said, this half of the bar, the hell with them. <laughs> so I didn't buy them. <laughs> How did that half of the bar respond? Well, there are probably ones that didn't like the fans. <laughs> Do you rationale. still play often? Not as often, and I'm getting worse. Really? Yeah, I was an okay player. What, what, what was your we handicap? Played that one I know. Time. We played at Barry Hill. At best six. Six is pretty damn good. Yeah, six was good. I got, kind of played to that a little bit at Bogey Hills a few years back. Yeah. But now I can't. The, I'm ha- I'm, I've had issues. You know. Well, shoulder you had a shoulder surgery earlier this year. My back's been screwed up. Gout. You ever try to play with gout? I've never been lucky enough to have oh, gout. Oh, oh, oh. What is, what is, what's going on Let with gout? It's like you, you need so. too much steak or something. Yeah, steak and red wine and just it's... The good stuff. Yeah, it's the good stuff, but man, it'll it'll bring you down. What does it do? It'll what bring do you, you down. It attacks your joints. Usually your big toe. Uh-huh. It's just a painful, painful thing to have. Uh-huh. My dad had it. And I'd laugh at him. You know, and every once in a while I'd go by and hit it like that. He'd just start screaming. Well, now I know why. Has anybody been kicking your big toe while you got this? I did one of these junkets. Do you mind if I keep going on? Okay, no, go I, on as long as you are want. Are we out of time? No, we can, we can go for three hours what if you want. What time does the Boy Scout meeting start? <laughs> you know, what time do these guys have to get dressed up in their shorts and their little scarves? I was, I was, I did these junkets. You've seen these junkets where you go talk to Yes. I was a sportscaster for the stars for a long time, still am. So I went and did this one for the movie Concussion. And Will Smith was there. Oh, you talked to Will Smith. Yeah. And so what you, what you do, they run these people through, and you get like four minutes, and everybody just thinks they're so damned important. Not the actors. Everybody around. around yeah. Ugh. How's Will doing today? Oh, my God. Is he in a good mood today? And they're just running around. They must have 15 people to hold a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, and another two or three people to say, okay, it's your time. Now you've got four minutes. Don't go longer than four minutes. Just got it. <laughs> and I, I said, I'm not going to go longer than four minutes. In fact, I'm the only one who I'd, I'd go in and ask two questions. I'd say, I got enough. Thanks for your time. But with Will Smith, I kind of did that. I had what I needed for my story. I had it in my head. I didn't need any more of his time. And by the way, for young sportscasters, if you don't need any more of their time, leave them alone. Go. Yes. Leave them alone. Don't hang out in locker yeah. rooms. Don't hang out in clubhouses. Get the hell out of there. It's not your room. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Just a little random thought. Uh, but so there he was. And as he was sitting down, I said, hi, my name's Rich. Very nice meeting you. And he said, hi, I'm Will Smith. And he says, how are you doing today? I said, not worth a damn, man. I got the gout and it's just beating me up. And so he kind of giggled, you know. At the end of the interview, I said, Will, thanks for your time. I said, uh, you got anything you want to ask me? He looked at me. His eyes popped open. He started cracking up. And he says, how's your gout? I heard you had gout. So I got to put that on. So I said, man, it hurts like a son of a gun. You don't want it. Uh, golf and Rich Gould, I think of Tom Watson. Do you still love Tom Watson? Yeah, he's my hero. So 2009 British Open has to just be like the low point of your... There have been a couple of them with him. That's the one thing about golf. You have far more failures than you do successes. Mm-hmm. 2009 was a bitter pill. Wasn't that brutal? That it still was, bothers it was, me. It was a tough one to swallow because I've got the champagne chilled. I'm You're ready, ready to go. I was going to spray the whole house with it. I would have had, <laughs> I'd have had to hire a painter. It was ready. And then he knocks the one right down the middle. 
And then he's got a nine iron in his hand when it probably should have been wedged. When it took that awful bounce and he went yes. over the green, yep. I said, there's no way. And then when he knocked it up to eight foot, the, there's no way he's making that putt. I just knew it. And I remember Andy North saying, you know, I think he's going to, this breaks right to left, and I think he's going to just knock it right in. Well, he didn't. He didn't come close. When that happened, I said, this is over, and I left the house. You did not watch the playoff and it was him and Stuart Sink, right? Yeah, I knew what would happen. There's no way. There's just no way he was going to win in a playoff. You're, when you're geared to do something and you're that intense on doing something, especially at an older age, and Tim, let me tell you, it gets very hard to concentrate the older you get in that game. Hale Irwin told me that, and I've noticed it with my playing. What do you I, mean? Like you start, even, you start having random thoughts? No, you just, you just can't concentrate on your shot anymore, and I can't even drink myself through it. <laughs> you know? I'm one of the great drunk golfers of all time. <laughs> Nowadays, I can't drink myself through it. I'll play, you know, I'll get to the 14th hole, and I'll be pretty well along. <laughs> and at the, I can, and I'll play the next four holes and maybe make a bogey and a couple of pars. It's not that I'm playing poorly. I just don't remember. <laughs> And I used to remember every shot. <laughs> you need a cocktail and you get in some trouble. Usually my golf bag is a pretty good place to find one. But anyway, once he got there, um, I I just knew he couldn't do it, so I had to leave. And he didn't. And But still, you know, it, it crushed me. That would have been. I have had I'm, about three incredible breakdowns in my life in terms of just sobbing. Really? Yeah. Let's go through them. The kind of. One was when I found out my daughter, Kelly, was going to be a girl. I'd already had two girls. <laughs> that hit me hard. I wanted a son. Now, I wouldn't trade her for any boy in the world. She's, she's the good girl. You really did sob. Uncontrollable you... sobbing. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think of, of another time. I know it's happened. Um. It may have been when I had to put a dog down. That really oh, yeah. affected me. That's yeah, no fun yeah, to anybody. Yeah. But when Watson missed on 2009, and I still tear up every time I think about it, I was okay for a couple hours. And it hit me. And I'm telling you, I went to my knees for 15 minutes and just let it out. Oh, my God. It really hurt. You got a chance to – you've met him yeah. right a few times. He did like a Not clinic. Not that he'd ever remember. Right. But, yeah, Tim Carley – is a friend of mine, and and he set me up twice to be Watson's MC at this uh, different tournament for Mastercard. Yeah. So I'd do all the MC work, and I'd also get to talk to Tom during his, um, uh, you know, his little preliminary clinic, which I thought was fascinating. He doesn't really get any credit, and he is kind of an angry cuss nowadays. I think is he? He's, he, he doesn't that, suffer yeah. fools. He's yeah. just from that. He's a strong-minded guy who has very strong opinions in my opinion i don't i'm acting like i know him that well i don't mm -hmm. i've met him four or five times uh but on this particular he did this clinic which i thought was fascinating he took a club swung as hard as he could and moved the ball about two inches he said huh did it again move the ball about two inches and then he looks at the crowd and he says i bet you've seen that shot now to have the kind of hot hand-eye coordination and talent to do that fascinated me how do you go ahead and swing a club and intentionally top the ball yeah. where it goes, bloop, bloop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it. And then he said, all you really need to do to be successful in this game is hit four shots. And he dropped four balls. I think he used a six iron. He said, you got to hit them high left to right, low left to right, high right to left, low right to left. And then he took the same club and proceeded to just knock it 
that way with incredible ball control, all of them landing practically in a thimble. And I thought, wow, how do guys like this, how does he ever lose? But those guys are so incredibly talented. It's something else. And it just and something else. And it's something else. Do you do you watch the game as intensely now, or do you miss like the the Masters? I do. Master Sunday is the high holy day. Yeah. You know, everybody at, at the time says Happy Easter. I say Happy Masters. <laughs> it is sitting down and watching the Masters. I my head is just throbbing at the end of that damn tournament. The U.S. Open a little less. Uh, the British Open. Good and the PGA Championship will be fun, but now that it's in St. Louis, a great thing for our area and for people, it won't be all that much fun for me. People because are, you'll be working. Well, the working part will be fun. Actually, going out there and doing stuff away from the set—that part I will like. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's just uh, people are just going apeshit with this thing. You know? in, 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 in what way? I need tickets. I want. Oh, you oh, you can hit up for tickets. Oh, sure. Oh God, and I can't help them. Yeah, not with this. They're guarding these things. Like grim death, man. They, <laughs> you can't you can't get tickets from from anybody. In the past, that ninety two yeah. PGA Championship, I had a fistful of them. Really? Yeah, I forget who it was. It may have even been Jeff Smith. Handed me some tickets here. You need some here? Give them to you. I thought, cool. Yeah, so I was able to get people in and you know walk around. But now I got a, a wife, a daughter, friends. They want to come up and they want to go, and I'm I don't think I can help you. Yeah. And I'll do my best. Do you have somebody you'd like to see win? Do you have a current golfer that you I'd pull for? I'd love to see uh, Spieth win just because it's such a great story. I'd love to see Tiger win. The, the career grand slams. He, yeah, and because I think golf needs it. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, not really. I don't root for anybody like I rooted Tom Watson. for Tom Watson. Is he your favorite athlete of, of all time? All time? Why, why do you love him so much? I wish I knew. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Duel Maybe the it's sun. because he was start, it started really in the 70s when he started getting good. Um, he won Pebble Beach a couple of times. I remember watching that. It chipped in on... Uh... That was even before that. It was okay. before 82. By then, I was a wild Watson <laughs> fanatic. When he chipped in, I actually broke a rocking chair. <laughs> At 82, I was sitting there right in front of a television like this, gripping this damn chair, knowing, oh, Christ, he's going to blow this thing. You know, Nicholas is over there in that green sweater, and, uh, and he's just cackling. He thinks he's won. He chips the ball in, and I went... <laughs> stood up on the rocking chair, just disintegrated. But, Tim, you have to understand something, too. I'm a very powerful man. <laughs> My upper body strength back then was off the charts. I mean, I still look really good. You want me to take my shirt off? Yes. We got the cameras. No, on. you don't want that. You want them to take their shirts <laughs> I do. Off, well, that's what's happening here in the den meeting after yeah, you leave. That's what I thought. Yeah, you. Well, I, I believe there was an interview when you were doing the radio where in the middle of it, you asked somebody. It's 1123. <laughs> How much you bench press? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you bench? I, was, I think that was a fan show thing. I said. No, I said, hey, real quick, what do you bench? What do you bench, bro? <laughs> and a tribute to the film Best in Show, if I'm not mistaken, with Fred Willard. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, wasn't one of the best? I loved all those shows, but I think that one was. Uh, the best. If best you're a show. dog or a friend of a dog, <laughs> he would. He, that one just killed me. That Rich, I've kept book. you for long enough. I've, I'm enjoy- I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to try to remember why I'm angry at you. I know. I'd like to know. That way I'm I can... telling you it's not correct. Nah, and it bothers it me that you think that I that I wronged you. Oh, you put the whammer jammer to me. <laughs> I was at 920. You drove a nail way up the old chute, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Remember you said, and Tim, because you... of that, I'll leave here having having been, I think, a pretty nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to be nice anymore. You are not. You will you freeze I... me out. When we see each other at Bell Reef, you will freeze me you know, out. No, I talked to you then. I told you a joke. Yeah, you did. It was pretty good. Can I tell it here? 
I love it. It's no, free for all. I, I, <laughs> I love it. It was pretty graphic. I can't tell that joke here. That's a good one. Well, thank you for having me. Thank now, you so much. Again, I'll, I'll leave real quick. I won't talk about the you know the den meeting anymore. Do you, do you have them give the whole salute? By the way, it's part of the deal. And There's something they recite. Do they chant? Is there chanting? Yeah, that's the turn on for me. That and the fact that they're underage. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the key. What uh, <laughs> What is this? What's this on? This is on this a podcast. Live, is it? No, 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 no. It's a podcast. So you'll be able to listen to it because I know you won't be listening to talk We've radio. We've been talking for over an hour. Who the hell is going to want to listen to this for an hour? It'll get listened to like 7,000 times. No way. Yes, it will. Yeah, it will. Now, I know you're kind of a popular fellow because you love to self-promote. <laughs> you know, you're out there all the time. Not, in a saying, way, that seemed underhanded. Me, it seemed underhanded. Love me, kiss me, be with me. I know that's what now, you're doing. Are you talking to my life. audience or my den kids? No, this is what both. <laughs> this is what you're doing out there when you're out and about. And you got your dad still chilling for you, I'm sure. You know, poor seniors out there with a cane walking around from business to business. I just played Harbor Town with him on Friday. How about that? I think that'd be good. I'm sure he got on for free. Walking around on a cane saying, oh, buy my son Tim's, buy something for him. Buy some radio airtime. He's doing a little podcast now. He's on a pod. Yeah, what's a pod? I don't know what a pod is, but he's he on, doesn't. He's he on doesn't. the pod. He doesn't. He goes, Timmy, I like this podcast. I go, you don't know what the hell it is. He goes, I think it could be big. Well, I can see him saying that. <laughs> yes. Bigger than the Irish. Yes, right. Bigger than Notre Dame. That's right. He loves Notre Dame. But you love Notre Dame. I don't like Notre Dame at all. I root against them every chance I get. And yet I love the Irish people. Yeah, God, thank you. Um, but this podcast, no. What, how does this work again? So you just go into your phone. And then you just when, did, when is this available for people? Uh, this will be available uh, on Monday. Okay, so next Monday, people are actually going to watch this. Listen. And you're telling me you're telling me that people do that? Yes, that's what that's. What's like, wrong with these people? It's like Netflix. You ever watched Netflix? Yeah, but I always get pissed off because once it, when, once it gets on my TV, I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> I'm trying to watch NCIS, man. Gibbs, you know, Leroy Jethro Gibbs is out there shooting the bad guy, and I can't get back to him. So I don't watch my Netflix. I don't, uh, you know, I don't do the fire stick. I don't. I'm surprised you know what a fire stick is. Do honestly, I don't really know what it is. I've heard about I it. I think it was a sparkler. <laughs> That's right. Delightful treat for the kids on the fourth. Or you know, Iggy. Iggy's got the fire stick out there. He's down to about two and a half packs a day. Yeah, isn't that exciting? He's making progress. He walked in here, and I, I thought, wow, I've got a habit now. You see, he's got the hair growing. I saw that. I don't know. I what saw him is. the other day, and I looked at him. And sometimes you got to just look at Iggy and say, "What the hell is wrong with you?" He's walking by right now. Blonde hair, jet blonde hair, coming out the back of a hat. He called me the other day. He says, "Will you be on Tim's little podcast thing?" All right. And then he said he's going to play golf. I said, Iggy, Christ, be careful out there. It's 105. Yeah. He plays a lot. But, you know, he looks like he was born on the sun, so he should be okay. <laughs> All right. I got a thing. Thank you. There he is. How about that? How about that one? Where does that rank in your pantheon of podcasts at this point? Rich Gould. I mean, how about that? And how about, how about the way it finishes? All right. I got to go do a thing. Okay, fine. Guess that's that. I also, I still don't know what his grudge is over. We still don't know that. I thought we'll talk about it. Just like Steve Savard and I got We got to workshop this. I got to workshop it. Rich has the grudge with me and I asked him about it and he said, I don't know, but I know I'm pissed at you, but I don't know over what. 
I still don't know. I think he thinks I was running KFNS when his show went away, and I wasn't. And then we're talking like a, like five years ago or something. But if he doesn't remember it, it's difficult for me to be able to prove to him that that's not accurate. So we're dealing with a weird spot here. But let's let's focus on the rest of what was a, just a, a first off. If that guy wanted to do radio, somebody should hire him because it's instant offense. It's instant offense. Uh, that's that's really I think the morning after really comes from the Rich Gould family tree. Uh, secondarily, uh, to reminisce about the fan show, Iggy's role in the fan show, Mickey Carroll in the fan show, and Rich talking about the fan show, uh, just absolute top-notch quality. Uh, and then Rich's feelings on radio as a whole. God, I had no idea. I remember he used to say, my AM radio's on the fritz, which was his way of saying, I didn't listen, I don't listen. Um, but I did not know that he has the view on uh, radio that he does. But, hey, I appreciate it. I'm sure a lot of you appreciated the uh, the candor uh, from Rich Gould, who I don't believe has done a radio show like in five years, if I'm not mistaken. But his style of radio is more my style of radio. And I disagree with him. I think you can, uh, and I think he did, fill time with just randomness. Uh, and I think it's obvious that the, that's something that we do. But that's what he did. And uh, I guess he said he got pushback on it, you know, but I, I don't remember that. I'm People really have found that show amusing uh, and his style amusing. But just obviously just an incredibly entertaining guy. Um, and it was just cool to, to sit there and kind of relive not only uh, his career, but uh, my internship with him and hear him tell stories. It's about as good as it gets. Uh, Rich Gould here. Thank you to Iggy for booking him. I just said, hey, you know, it would be great. And I gave him a list of people and like within Two hours. He goes, Rich Gould, coming in tomorrow. Holy shit. So thank you to Iggy for booking Rich. Thank you to Rich for the time, of course. And thank you to our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, uh, Mark Hanna of uh, Evergreen uh, Wealth Strategies, uh, and uh, what he has been able to do here. He's online at evergreenstl.com. He is our guest sponsor. And, of course, James Carlton of Carlton State Farm Insurance. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet online at Landoff.com. It's where my wife recently got her car. It's where I recommend you get your cars, whether it be a brand new one or a pre-owned car or car service. They're at Highway 270 and Washington Elizabeth or online 24-7 at Landoff.com. Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. So there it is. Rich Gould in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. Spread the word around about the podcast Leave a positive review if you would, and if you want to sponsor it, get on board. The thing is growing, and we're happy that it is. Rich Gould, Joe Buck, Jay Nixon, Bob McCullough, Courtney Bryant from KMOV coming up, Mike Shannon coming up. We got some good ones here. We already had Jay Nixon, Bob McCullough uh, coming up is uh, Courtney Bryant, Mike Shannon. Just recently uh, had Joe Buck. Hey, if you're on board with the show, get on board by sponsoring. We'd love to have you. Email me at teamacurnan at insidestl.com. Thank you to Iggy. Thank you to Rich Gould. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the audience for listening. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the homeloanexpert.com studios.